There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. No, 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 no. I was going to say something really funny, but I decided not to. Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Hello. You might hear a bit of background noise on today's podcast because the window's wide open. Yeah, we have. Because there's a weird smell in here. It was a bit smelly, yeah. I, I don't know if it's coming from the bathroom. I don't know if there's some kind of plumbing problem. Mm. But um, how bad would something need to be before you mentioned it yourself in somebody else's house? Oh, so, so bad. Like <laughs> yeah. almost fainting. What about the food people cook you? Yeah. So you go round to the house. How disgusting would it have to be mm. before you sort of just pushed it around your plate and then uh, didn't eat it? I can't imagine the level of disgustingness where I wouldn't just eat it. I remember as a kid being really funny about going around to other people's houses, like just not liking any of the food. Oh, really? Yeah, which is weird to me because it wasn't like we ate cordon bleu food <laughs> at home. Right. Like everything was out of a box and done at gas mark six for 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. You know, it was all frozen food. But I, I was very sort of picky as a kid. I was thinking as well over the weekend, I was thinking about how much cordial and and how many sugary drinks i would drink as a kid and i can't remember i remember like drinking a lot of vimto mm. which is this sort of thick gloopy berry flavored sweetened drink which is really popular up north and less popular down south yeah um but and the, but the reason i think i must have drank so many Sort of sweetened drinks as a kid as i've got this cousin rachel and the thing that was notable about her was that she liked drinking water oh weird so it was yeah, so yeah, odd yeah. that there was a kid who drank water <laughs> yeah then you must assume well the rest of us must have just been drinking like sweetened squash and cordials the whole time now it's normal for kids to just drink water isn't yeah, it but yeah you just had to have like something with loads of sugar yeah, in it what's yeah. wrong with them drinking mm. water mm. oh that's so weird um I don't know why I mentioned any of all that. <laughs> anyway, uh, here, here we are. Might have to kind of rush through today's podcast a little bit because I've got to go out mm. to a meeting straight after this and I'm dreading it. Oh, no. Why? What is it? So basically, there is a huge organisation that everybody will have heard of mm. that um, is as part of its many operations like podcasting is something they're doing more and more of right and i received an email from somebody 
there uh, a couple of weeks ago saying, would you like to come in for a meeting? We're inviting a few people from the podcast industry mm-hmm. uh, and we want to explore how we can help support podcasters alongside our own. Okay. So I thought that was a nice thing to be asked for. Yeah, lovely. And of course, straight away, I get like an anxiety about <laughs> having to go to this meeting and who's going to be there and so on. And um, because my, my stuff with faces, I'm always paranoid Mm-mm. that I'm going to go along to something. There's going to be somebody I've met before and I'm not going to recognize them. That is the, the, sort of the baseline of dread mm. with which I move through any kind of interaction with other people. Um so I emailed back and saying, sure, I'd love, love to come along. Uh, they said, great, it's just going to be a s- small round table. So I emailed back and say, um, oh, uh, I, this is a bit embarrassing, but I'm a bit face blind. Could you let me know who else is going to be there? Oh, okay. Good way of yeah, solving yeah. that problem. Yeah. And she emails back saying, no, what? because of GDPR. Oh, no. Yeah. Now, if you don't know what GDPR is, it's the thing that you've been getting lots of emails about recently. It's some new legislation that's been brought in to protect people's privacy to do with online data primarily. Right. But I don't think it extends <laughs> to a meeting that I'm going to be at. Because you'll find out who everyone is when you get there. Yeah. When you have to introduce yourselves. Only hopefully. it's just going to be more awkward when I get there. Yeah. It's so weird. Wow. Will you come for a meeting? Yes, I will. Who's the meeting with? We can't tell you. I think she doesn't know yet. <laughs> I think she's like, I don't know, I haven't booked anyone else yet. Nobody else has RSVP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just the strangest thing, though. So yeah. I'm going to turn up oh. to go to this thing and no idea, no idea. It's just so stressful. Like, what if it's a room full of my enemies and it's an ambush? <laughs> Maybe that's why she couldn't tell you. Maybe. Oh. Like, part of me has also been thinking, what if they're doing a revival of This Is Your Life? Oh, that's what I thought. <laughs> I genuinely thought, what if? What if? But this GDPR, I feel like it's the new health and safety. Uh, in, in other words, when people just want an excuse for something they can't be asked for, or they've got mm. wrong, you know, they used to go, oh, sorry, I can't, it's health and safety. When actually there's no rules yeah, to do yeah. with health and safety. I think it's the same with GDPR. Can you tell me who else is going to be at this meeting? No, I can't, GDPR. I'm going to remember that. Anything <laughs> I don't want to do now, no, GDPR. Sorry if you got your birthday, GDPR. Yeah, sorry, yeah. yeah. Um, the other, the other thing that's happened to me in, in recent days was I went to a two-year-old's birthday party, mm-hmm. and this was a similar situation. So basically, my son is in nursery two days a week. Mm-hmm. I keep my interactions with the other people at the nursery to a bare minimum. Okay. Yeah, apart from the people who are looking after him. Right. I don't need to know the other parents. Okay. I don't go to the social events or anything like oh, that. Oh, are there social events, do you think? I believe so, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um distancing yourself okay well, it's, yeah more protecting protecting protecting, protecting. myself and others for <laughs> awkward interactions with me okay. but anyway so we, we get this invitation that they hand out from the nursery from one of the other parents saying such and such a kid uh is having a second birthday party and they would like to invite everybody in the class okay and i think probably to some extent this is going to be my life now for the next yeah 10 years or whatever it will be um so I said to Sarah, do you think we should go to that? She said, oh, I don't know. And then we forget all about it. Mm. The day before the party, the nursery sent out around an email saying, excuse me, can those people who haven't RSVP'd please do so? So I said to Sarah, now I feel guilty, we should go. Mm -hmm. So we go to this party, but I don't know who this kid is. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what the parents look like. Oh, no. Yes. So you don't know who's holding the party? No, 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 no. no. So, So that's that. And we go. And actually, it's a really lovely 
party. They're, mm. Like they've uh, they've got Fortnum and Mason's biscuits. You're they've kidding. got an entertainer. Oh, I can't they've wait for this. They've got all things for the kids to go on. Posh biscuits. It was. It was very very posh. Um, and anyway, you know, we we don't interact with any of the other parents. So two thirds into the party, I am standing behind the birthday girl, right? And standing behind her is her granddad, mm-hmm. and somehow I get talking to him, mm. and it turns out he's northern. Oh, okay. Which you know, straight away we have this little connection. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's he's from Bolton, mm-hmm. so straight away I've got a great bit of small talk, which is that I'd recently read that the trains between Manchester and Bolton have been a bit iffy recently. Oh god. So I'm able to bring this up. <laughs> he's a man of a certain age. He's about my dad's age, so right. he's quite interested in talking about the trains between Manchester Good. and Bolton. Good. So we're we're chatting and we are getting on like a house on fire. Me and this northern granddad. Great we start talking about music and it turns out in the 60s he went to see the Beatles twice in Blackpool Ah. and he used to knock about all these Manchester clubs now I know a guy who was a singer in a Manchester rock and roll band in the 60s and 70s a guy called Mike Sweeney he still goes out singing he's a radio presenter up north I said oh did did, did, you ever see uh, Mike Sweeney's band and he went oh yeah and then he starts talking about how he loves this guy on radio and he's chatting all about him i said oh i used to work with him he's all oh, right right where'd you work with him at i said oh piccadilly radio he's all oh, right and then he doesn't ask me about what i did there or anything like that we just carry on talking he brings up other names of djs at that radio station over the years i'm able to fill in the gaps of his knowledge with my bits of knowledge of working with these people and so on um and then then at some point he says uh so, so what's your name then? I said, oh, it's Jeff. And we shake hands. He go, and then he goes, Jeff Lloyd? I say, yes. And then there's just this long, long pause. No. No. And then he changes the subject to no. something completely different. No. Yeah. So he knew who you were. He listened to you. And probably hates me. And yeah, hates you. He probably thinks I ruined that radio station in the short time I was on there. Well- <laughs> And he couldn't bring himself to go, oh, yes, like no, maybe some nicety. Yes, no, I remember no, you. No, nothing, yes. nothing like or, that. Or even, yeah, I didn't listen to that show. Like no, something no, to acknowledge. No, no, oh. no. It was just this long, excruciating oh. pause where it was just made very clear that he didn't approve of what I'd done on those airwaves. <laughs> you will be reminded of this show and this feeling. Adrift. When you wake up. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port, adrift. Well, there's a couple of my failed interactions. Uh, we would love to hear from you about yours email us hello at adriftpodcast.com tiff writes it was my first job after moving here so maybe around 99 or 2000 i was the office oddity since i was still pretty much new to the country so i was trying hard just to fit in and not have any added attention brought to me one of my co-workers had been out of the office for a few weeks while she looked after her ill mum who sadly passed away while she'd been off We'd moved to a new room in our office building. This happened a lot because we had a manager that seemed to thrive on chaos and love change. I ran into my co-worker getting off the train on her first day back after losing her mum. I'm desperately trying to avoid the subject of her mum because I'm socially stupid and have no clue what to really say, although I do ask how she is and say how nice it is to see her back. We are walking from the station to our office and she says the following. I hate coming back after we've moved offices. I don't know what happened next. Obviously, I wasn't thinking. If I had been, I wouldn't have said, in an attempt to be funny but sounding a bit rude, well, that'll teach you to be off, won't it? Immediately, my brain screams at me, what have you just said? Her (laughs) mum just died. And I wish the ground would open and swallow me. I know she heard me, but all she did was make a noise to acknowledge my stupidity. 
I slowed down and let her walk the rest of the way on her own. I avoided her for weeks after that. And when I finally plucked up the courage to apologise to her, only for her to tell me that she doesn't remember me saying it. I'm going with she genuinely didn't remember rather than she was trying to make me feel better. Because, you know, me remembering it all these years later (laughs) is painful enough. That just reminded me of that great... Was it a call we had to the radio show from somebody once who's shared an office with one other person and they were missing for a couple of days? (laughs) Yeah. And, And then am I right in remembering that this person sort of came back to work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, our listener had sort of said, uh, oh, where have, where have you been for the last couple of days? Yeah. What, what, what did they say exactly? It, was, say, it, well, you know, what's, what's, been, you know, what's been going on? Yeah. And, and they revealed that I think it was their mum had, had died. And they were, some, it triggered something in them. And they, and they are bewildered to this day as why, but it just triggered this horrific laughing fit like a nervous laughter yeah nervous laughter and they had to leave the room but could still be here like behind a closed door just like uncontrollably laughing <laughs> can you imagine like, like that, per- that to poor somebody, person oh, yeah my mum just died and then they just oh. start giggling and then the giggling becomes so uncontrollable they oh. have to leave the room but you can hear them outside in the corridor rolling around you definitely have to leave your job there'd be no <laughs> there'd be no question of coming back the next day would there oh all right what's next uh, jennifer she says i'm from scotland Irvine, to be precise but i now live in goffstown new hampshire when i first moved to the usa we lived in a hotel out up by my husband's company during this time i was at my ho- i was at home with my my daughter and not working. We did have a little kitchen and I was trying to feel at home. My daughter was little, almost two. And we liked to get out of the house during the day. Being as it was like the surface of the sun most days in the summer, we often went to the mall to make use of their little free play area. One day in this weirdly posh mall, I spied a tea shop. Not a tea room, but a shop selling tea. Well, thinks I, I could go with some nice tea. The tea I buy at the supermarket is rotten. and I can't keep having my mum send me tea. It's too dear. I speak to the salesperson, pick a nice black tea and have her feel a bag with it. Now, I'm not a fancy tea person, let's be clear. I like a tea bag in a mug with some milk, that's all. I was taking a leap with this fancy loose tea. Anyway, she fills the bag, puts it on the scale and tells me the price. Immediately, she sees the look of sheer horror that I cannot keep from showing on my face. Oh, that'll be $90 for tea. (laughs) She, on seeing my face, says, Shall I take a little out? (laughs) Yes, I nod, feeling the cold sweat running down my back. She takes a little scoop and removes some, puts it back on the scale. As I'm now prepared, I nod knowingly and proves that I am part of the uber rich who shops me by saying, (laughs) oh yes, that's great now, thanks. I left with a tiny bag and $60 lighter. (laughs) Turns out the prices were per ounce, not per pound. I never drank the posh stuff. There seemed to be never occasion to warrant that fancier tea. I later found a supermarket that sells Tetley British Blend Tea. I have never returned to the Tivana shop. Oh, that's great. And this is from Cam. She says, I went on a date, one of those set up, you guys might hit it off sort of things. We didn't. I've yet to experience such a lack of chemistry between two individuals in my life. But he wasn't behaving badly or anything. So out of respect to him as a fellow human person, I decided that I was going to finish out the dinner and just decline to participate in the rest of our planned evening. After several attempts at holding some inkling of conversational back and forth, we gave up, settling into long stretches of not speaking or even looking at each other and poring over the menu, even though we'd already ordered. (laughs) It was one of those moments that I encountered some rather large food items stuck in one of my top teeth. 
As my date was engaged in rereading the appetizer list for the third time, <laughs> I severely contorted my face so as to dislodge the food with my tongue. He looked up at that very moment. A normal person might say, nothing, probably best in this situation, or make a joke about having something in your teeth, or just saying, pardon me, I have something in my teeth. But what I decided to do, apropos of nothing, for reasons I still cannot determine, decided to loudly say, yarrr, <laughs> in a pirate voice. <laughs> we locked eyes for a moment before he theatrically slowly returned his gaze back down to the menu. The exchange was never mentioned for the rest of the <laughs> evening. <laughs> oh. What do you think was going I on? I don't know. Maybe it's something to do with like the way a pirate talks. You kind of like, you tilt. Contort your face yeah. a bit. <laughs> yeah, when you sort of move your mouth around. Oh, God. Oh, that's great. Um, please share your story with us. Hello at adriftpodcast.com. Excuse me. Do you have any wood? Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port, Adrift. Ooh, I'm in the stream. Annabelle. Yeah. You have prepared a story. I have, yes. So where I live in Snaresbrook, I may have mentioned before, there are no shops. Mm. There's plenty of shops in Wanstead and South Woodford either side, but none in Snaresbrook. There's a Crown Court and a Toby Carvery and a Travel Lodge, and that's it. Until a couple of years ago when a new restaurant opened. A nice one. No offence to the Toby Carvery. And actually, if that Toby Carvery is good enough for Tinchy Strider, who my former yoga teacher says she saw in there once, it's good enough for me. <laughs> but this new restaurant, it's reviewed in the Evening Standard and people from outside of Snaresbrook are visiting it. And I don't just mean from Wanstead and South Woodford. <laughs> it helps that it's next door to a tube station, I think. So, you know, people are going there when it's an Italian restaurant, food from the south, from Puglia. And what's my favourite food? Tomatoes. 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 I mean, can you imagine all those tomato-based dishes? <laughs> I am so excited by it. And before it opens, I walk past it every day as I go to the tube and I watch it develop and I get more and more excited. And finally it opens and you can't get a table at first as it's fully booked. And I'm excited, but I'm not organised, of course. But they do take away coffee in the mornings and my boyfriend reports back that the coffee is okay. So on a Saturday morning, not long after it's opened, we're going out in the car. We're taking the dog somewhere nice for a walk. And I suggest getting takeaway coffees from the new restaurant. My boyfriend drops me off outside. It's about 11 o'clock and the door is open. So I go in. Nobody, nobody immediately greets me. So I wander in further. Then a young woman, early 20s, who, as it turns out, is Italian. She spins around and says to me quite aggressively, what are you doing? It's not the response I was expecting at all. I'm That's bit, not hospitality. No, not at all. I'm quite shocked by this. And so I just say, oh, I just wanted to get some coffees. And she says, like, again, quite aggressively, we're not open yet and we don't do coffee at the weekends. I'm really taken aback. Like, I've gone from sunny day, taking the dog out, getting coffees, look at my nice civilised life <laughs> and getting a bit pathetically excited about going into this new restaurant to someone being really horrible to me. So I do the only normal thing in this situation. I apologise to her and I leave. <laughs> and I get back in the car and that's when the rage starts to build. Yeah. And I'm also quite upset. And I'm telling my boyfriend how this Italian girl had been horrible to me. And he says, I know I could tell. Even though he couldn't hear, he could see that she was being horrible to from me. From her body the, language. Yeah, from the wind through the window. So we're still sat outside this restaurant and something comes over me and I say, I'm going back in. I'm going to say something. And my boyfriend is totally egging me on and saying, yeah, you should, definitely should. And then my actual personality kicks in and I realise I can't possibly do that. And I tell Tom to drive off. So he does. But he has to do a U-turn and then go back past the restaurant. And as we do, something comes over me again. And I say, no, 
I think I am going to say something. And Tom is really egging me on now, telling me I absolutely should and how she shouldn't get away with talking to me like that. And I can only blame this egging on because I'm now getting out of the car and going back to the restaurant. The door is closed now and that should have been the moment I changed my mind, but I don't. I'm knocking on the door and the same Italian girl opens it and I find myself saying, sorry, but actually I think you were just really rude to me. What is this achieving? Like, it's achieving <laughs> nothing. What is she supposed to say to this? Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. I was. She doesn't. She denies it. So I've got to say something else now. But obviously, I've got nothing else planned. <laughs> so I'm just embarrassing myself by saying how she was rude. And I've been so excited about coming to this restaurant, but you've really put me off it now. And then someone comes over with an air of authority who introduces himself as the assistant manager. And he asks what's happening. And I have to say it all over again. And the girl just walks off because she's probably just embarrassed for me. A little bit of me is thinking now, maybe I'll get some free coffees out of this. <laughs> but he just says he's he's really sorry and he's sure the waitress would never be intentionally rude and he hopes I'll still come and eat there. I mean, it was just awful. Mm-hmm. I'm shaking when I get back to the car. And the worst of it is, of course I can't go now back and eat there, like the only nice restaurant by my flat that I've been so excited about with all its nice tomatoes and pasta and <laughs> cheeses and wines. So every evening I walk past her after work. I look in to see if she's there so I can work out the waitress's shift pattern. (laughs) But it's too random and I can't work it out. But after a few months, I think, oh, she'll have forgotten by now. Maybe I could wear my hair differently or something. And it's around about this time that me and Tom, we drop a friend off at the tube station. We're in the car and we see her, my enemy. She's a few feet away outside having a cigarette. And our dog, Rusty, who's with us, he starts growling at her, which I love because it's just that he knows that she's evil. So me and Tom are saying this and how horrible she is and even the dog knows, et cetera, et cetera. But it's okay because she can't hear us because we're in the car. But she then gives us a really dirty look and I realise the sunroof is open and she can hear every single word we're saying. And that's it. I can never go in there ever again until this week, 18 months later. I took Tom there for Father's Day and let me tell you, it was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it was really great. Missed out all that time, 18 months. <gasps> was she there? No, no. God, never have gone back. I thought she'd be there. No, no. <laughs> um, it's the, the, the part, one of the weirdest parts of that story mm. is that they do coffee Monday to Friday, but they don't serve <laughs> coffee on a weekend. <laughs> I know, exactly. Adrift. Adrifting. Adrifter. Naughty. Adrift. Oh, just something quickly to mention. Uh, you will be, if you are very diligent and you listen to this on the day it comes out, you'll be listening to this on the 20th of June. And um, this Saturday, I'm going to be covering Danny Baker's show again on oh, BBC Radio 5 Live. Great. So it would be good to have some sympathetic drifters mm. tuning in and perhaps contributing uh, stories and so on. So I'll be on BBC Radio 5 Live covering Danny Baker this Saturday morning from 9 till 11. Okay. So there's that bit of business. The next bit of business I wanted to get to was Patreon. Mm. Um, so there has been a development oh. uh, in in we were saying the next reward for Patreon supporters uh, yeah, yeah. is going to be that there is um, a partners podcast where Tom and Sarah answer your questions. Mm. Do you want to know the development? Yeah. I have set up a WhatsApp group. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yes, yeah. I knew that. <laughs> so I've put a WhatsApp group with yeah. Sarah and Tom in it, and yeah. hopefully they will be able to thrash a date out yeah, between I think, them. I think one's been suggested. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, quite soon. Oh, there we go. This, this coming Saturday. Yeah. 
So that means that we should have the Partners podcast ready for next week. Yeah. So we should send a message, really, to our Patreon subscribers. Yeah, we need questions, obviously. Asking for questions Mm. for our partners. Um, So at least one person is allowed to ask the question about spitting in the bath to Tom. Yeah, so if if you're going to ask that question, bear in mind that's what everyone else will ask and maybe add an extra question on. Yeah. Yeah, Because he can't just answer that question. Although, I mean, (laughs) to to get to the bottom of it, I think it would take a long time. (laughs) So it could probably cover an hour. So maybe that will just be his question. Yeah, I'm also nervous about the questions that Sarah might get because she is... um, as candid as a per- as as candid a person as you can meet. Oh, as is Tom. Right. Horrifically right. so. Right. Yeah. 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 Horrifically yeah. so. So I'm not hugely looking forward to what might emerge. How are we going to do it? So it's going to be all four of us. No, here's what I think we should do because you know there'll be uh, childcare yeah. to be factored yeah, in. Yeah. Yeah. So I think you know I should come upstairs. Yeah. And set them up. I think I should give them a list of questions. Oh, we won't be here. And then I think we should leave them to it. No. Yeah. Don't you think that's the best way of doing it? Oh, it is. But it's, yeah, it's, it's mortifying. It's yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Because I won't be there to go, no. No. Shush. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. okay. Right. So, so there you go. If you support the podcast on Patreon, and if, uh, if you don't, then you must so that you can hear this, uh, we'll send out a message in the next day or two asking for questions. Then we'll record this special podcast with Sarah and Tom on Saturday, and you'll get it presumably next week. And, um, I was going to say, like, everything you wanted to know, everything you ever wanted to know. But I'm imagining most people, it's not like they've been sat for years wondering. No. It's just when they get the email, they say, oh, what can I ask then, just mm. to fill a bit of time? So I think it'll be more a case of that. Yeah. But um, support us on Patreon if you want access to that. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com stroke adrift. Jeff, Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Germans. Drift. I think I mentioned a few weeks ago that I've accidentally made some new friends over the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. So we did one of these groups before Jean was born where they get pregnant people together and they give you tips on childbirth and things. But really what they're trying to do is forge relationships between local people who are having babies at the same time. So there's a support network. It's a, it's a lovely, lovely principle. Yeah. It's called the NCT. Mm. But as you you know, if you listen to podcasts regularly, as you'll know, it's not really my idea of um, anything other than hell, really. I think it's more for the women. So I think it's fair enough that you, uh, you're you not enjoying it. <laughs> no, but we have sort of accidentally made some friends off the, off the back of it. So Sarah is very close to Becky, mm-hmm. whose um, husband is Craig. I think he's a husband, rather. Yes. And um, she's also close with Elspeth. Mm-hmm. Who's husband? And again, think husband rather than partner. I don't tend not to look at the uh, look at the ring finger. Because <laughs> no, I'm not sharking. No, you know, well, I was thinking more of you being judgmental. Oh, I'm a baby, not married. No, not at all. I mean, right. it just doesn't occur to me that much. Mm. Um, but you know, the, the, the least common law husband, Anthony. So it's it's Becky and Craig mm-hmm. and Elspeth and Anthony. Mm-hmm. Uh, now. Some somewhat recently, Sarah and I went to uh, a new pub for Sunday lunch, and oh. we thought it was great, mm-hmm. like really great food, like great atmosphere. Loved it. So we're spending time with Becky and Craig, and we say, "Oh, this place is great. You should go there." And they say, "Oh, actually, Elspeth and Anthony are looking for somewhere really special to go for 
her birthday, mm. maybe we should suggest that. And we say, you absolutely should. This place is great. Mm. So they go there. They, oh. you know, so the recommendation is passed on secondhand from us mm. to them mm-hmm. um, via Becky and Craig. And they, they go to this pub, this gastro pub mm-hmm. uh, for Elspeth's, uh, Elspeth's birthday. And they have a horrible time. Oh, no. Yes. So it gets back to you. It gets back to me, uh, again, via Becky and Craig. Oh, no. That they didn't think the food was great. Ugh. Now, I'm feeling bad mm. because my recommendation, which was passed on secondhand, because here's something I pride myself on, mm. recommending the right place to yeah, the right person. You do. That's, that's something that I really consider one of my great gifts in life. <laughs> um, but that my secondhand recommendation has turned out to be somewhere that they didn't enjoy and kind of ruined her birthday as a result. Oh, no. But then I got to thinking, like, how do I know that their taste in places is great? Maybe they they like places with horrible food and horrible decor. (laughs) You're blaming them now, right? (laughs) Well, I do trust. This is one thing I trust my own taste in. Mm. Should I, though? Should I be blaming me? Should I be blaming them? Or should I be blaming the middlemen Mm. who, who passed on the recommendation in the first place? I find out in this week's The Incident. Phil Wang is a comedian. He's also very fair-minded and pure of heart and clinical of thought and just and wise. I thought he would be the perfect person to ask for advice. Have you tried blaming the middle couple entirely? Just to deny all knowledge of the recommendation and say that they 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 created it to drive a wedge between us. Yeah, I'd say so. Because yeah, you need to play these the this other these two couples off of each other. I think if you're going to win loyalty of one, right? Because every triangle of relationship is going to fall apart eventually, and you want to you want to be in the the strong positions. The yes. strongest position you can have, and so this sounds like the end of this um, three-way friendship is over. Right, and now it is just every couple for themselves. So I think you're going to have to sell the middleman couple in this recommendation down the river. Okay, and you don't think we need to sort of pick which couple we like the best and then make that discu- that that decision? Hmm. Hmm. Okay, yeah, I suppose I was a bit rash there. <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't have all the relevant uh, information, but that's me. I just, I take action, Jeff, you know this. Mm-hmm, mm. I take action, I shoot first, um, ask which couple I prefer later. Right, yeah, yeah. Because so, the, the, the first couple you're told, I guess, agreed with you on this part. They liked it. Well, they hadn't been there, but they trusted our recommendation oh. enough to then pass it on to couple number three. Right. Okay, so they blind passed. This. It was a blind pass. Yes, a blind pass. Uh, well, that's kind of on them not to verify your recommendation first. So, are you saying I'm blameless in all of this? I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm neither uh, denying or um, confirming that. <laughs> I, I, but you. All I need. To, all I know is that you need to stand up for yourself. Okay. And you, Take a page out of Donald Trump's book, you know, never apologize 
uh, never stand down. Yeah, I think that was Kate Moss as well said, never explain, never complain. But I do like complaining. So if I could just adopt the never explain part of the I feel like Kate Moss has complained about things in her life, almost definitely. But, I mean, that is just speculation, though. She must have... Look at that. Can you imagine a supermodel who never complained about anything? Probably not, no, no. Thank you, exactly. You don't don't get to where she's got by not complaining. (laughs) Believe me. Maybe that's why I haven't got to where she's got. I think that's the only reason you aren't one of our generation's top models. Yes. (laughs) It's your inability to complain strategically. Do you are you a good are you a comfortable recommender because I I will recommend rec- restaurants and films and things but I will think very carefully about who I'm recommending mm. to before you know be- before I give that endorsement. I mean are, are you just very free with your recommendations? I I don't recommend. I just tell people I'm I say I like this and I like I I recommend things but in the process of recommending them, they make it very clear that it's me who likes them. I'm not saying I think you will like this. I'm saying uh, I like this, and therefore, this is for them to infer they might like it. If they try it and they don't like it, my hands are clean. I never said they'd like it. I just said I liked it. What if you accidentally liked something that was out of step with um, your peers? Um, like Electro Swing. <laughs> like Electro Swing. Yeah, well, that's me. That's that's. Yeah, I like it. I, I for a long time I liked electro swing, um, and that was out of step with pretty much anyone who doesn't have at least three items of steampunk regalia. <laughs> and um, that was I learned that lesson to my detriment far too late in my social life. Were you ostracized? Um, I, I, I got fair warning that it was not acceptable, um, after a couple of unsuccessful attempts to get people to join me on the electro swing floor at a couple of festivals. Mm -hmm. And so I was able to abandon ship before it truly sank, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but but I, I'm I'm quite good at sniffing out danger like that. You you can you, you, you if you only tell people what you like, then you'll always be speaking the truth, unless you don't know what you like. I I do know what I like, but I also feel. Well, it sounds like if, if if they went to a good pub and had a bad meal, they chose the wrong dishes and they have bad taste. Then do you want to be yes, friends yes. with a couple what, that what, has bad taste? What if it was their taste, not the pub? What if you or I, men of taste, electro swing notwithstanding, were to go to that mm-hmm. pub? We, maybe maybe we would like the food. Maybe maybe they're just people with poor taste in food. Exactly. They're not good at their ale and roast pairings. <laughs> um, and they mess it up themselves, and it's entirely on them. So yeah. I think this also answers your question as to which couple you should com- commit to. Um. And you should commit to the, uh, the first. For all you know, this couple that you first recommended it to were completely aware the second couple wouldn't like it, and are actually ahead of you in the game of of ostracizing this this third couple. Right. I think they're actually trying to jettison couple C. Right. To get closer to you two. So I think I think at this point you've got to join them. <laughs> 
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. If you know Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port... You may also know that they're sick. Sick in a medium way. Very neutral. Neutral sick. Adrift. Oh, you mentioned um, Father's Day in passing there with the uh, the Italian restaurant story. Mm-hmm. Uh, how what? Because it was Tom's first Father's Day, wasn't it? Yes, it was, yeah. Um, I think it went very well in that he didn't really want to do anything apart from watch football and garden. So I didn't really have to make much of an effort. Isn't gardening work? <laughs> I've noticed that men sometimes when they have children take up a, a hobby that can be perceived as work but it means they don't have to do childcare. <laughs> so I think he thinks I'll start I'll take an interest in the garden which means I can go outside on my own fiddle around she can't criticise me because I'm making something <laughs> about the house nicer but I'm actually enjoying it and I don't have to do any childcare. Right, right, right. That's right. my suspicion. Oh, here's, here's a question. So when you got Rusty Scruff the Teddy Bear King mm. he's firm but fair mm. did you not celebrate Father's Day from that point onwards? <laughs> Sorry, that's mean of me to laugh, actually, because, you know, lots of people, their dog is their child. Yes. And that's a lovely thing. Yeah. Um, but no, I didn't. No, no, no. Um, I love Father's Day. I really, really love it. Good. So I've spent my whole life not caring about it because my dad doesn't care about it. Of course it. he doesn't. Yeah. I mean, he just, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the, the ritual goes on Father's Day. I gave up cards years ago because they they mean nothing to him. Right. Um, so I ring him up on Father's Day morning, as I did yesterday, and say, Dad. He goes, what? I go, happy Father's Day. He goes, huh, huh. is it bloody Father's Day? I had no idea. I said, yes, it's Father's Day. So I don't bloody care about things like that. Father's Day is invented by the post office. Right. If anything, you know, you should be pro post office because he was a postman yeah. for all those years. But, but, but anyway, so, so I started my Father's Day yesterday um, doing that as I have done for many years. Mm-hmm. And then uh, my wife and Jean came in and they gave me a beautiful card and present that Jean had made at nursery. Oh. And I found myself like sitting there sobbing. Well, he made the present. Yeah, but but I mean this this is my point really. Right, okay. I'm sobbing. It was a like a ceramic tile that I think is a fridge magnet that had some sort of paint marks and scribbles on it. Oh. Um and then it had been glazed and magnets had been put or some kind of thing to affix it to oh, the wow. wall or whatever had been put on the back of it. Yeah. And I was sitting there sobbing at it and thinking, actually, his input in this thing and the card has been minimal. The woman who works at the nursery who spends time <laughs> with him all day, it's her handwriting. Oh. <laughs> she probably had to do all the <laughs> glazing and stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, how old is he too? I don't think he did no, the glazing. No. no. So I, I'm sitting there sobbing. Oh. Uh, something like the, the lady who works at the nursery and has probably made 15 of these things. Yeah. Yeah. Has sort of knocked off in an afternoon. So, and then, and, and part of the reason I really love Father's Day is because it's a day of the year where I get really spoiled. Mm. I got taken out for my favourite lunch, which is chilli paneer. Good. And then we got taken to a city farm. Oh. 
And I couldn't help but thinking, look, I like animals. <laughs> you know, I'm vegetarian. I, I think I'm, people who know me know I'm an animal lover. But if there's a day where you're spoiling me... Right. I'm not sure a city farm is, is the place. You don't feel that was for you. No, it was more for him. Right. And there were so few animals here, it was almost impossible to see them because there were all people crowding around them. There were mm. about four animals in total. So most of the time we just spent it as looking at a train track which went by <laughs> and trains kept going past and he was just waving at the trains all the time. Oh. I was thinking, he is having a great time waving at these trains. Yeah. But I'm not sure what this is, is the day of the year where dad is really being indulged and appreciated. Right. And you couldn't take all your happiness from his happiness? No, of course no, not. No, of course. Be, that'd be that'd stupid. That'd be ridiculous. No. <laughs> Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port in a show called... Adrift. On to Quandary Corner. I need to confess something. What is it? I've forgotten all the different names of this feature now. What? Because, you know, um, the tallies where you draw four lines and then you put one across yeah. to signify five. Mm. There's a reason for that. And what that reason is, is that the human brain can hold four things just without thinking about it. But once it's five, you need some kind of system of keeping it all in place. And we've got too many names. I think that's what's happened. So if you see the Beatles, you would know without counting there were four Beatles there. Mm. Whereas if you saw a picture of the Spice Girls, you'd have to kind of, however quickly your brain mentally counts five. That's interesting. Yeah. And I think we've gone over, I think there were four additional names other than Quandry Corner. Mm. And, and now I can't hold them in my brain anymore. So I know there was a new one last week, but it's it's fallen out. We're going to have to make a list. Okay. Well, I mean, between the two of us, we've got Glatt Clinic, Rural School, Knowledge College, but I'm missing one, aren't I? Um, problematic. Oh, there we go. That's I it. I thought there was a new one, though. Yeah, Knowledge College. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, anyway, <laughs> this is where we ask you, uh, if you've been in a social situation, you need to know what the rule is. Let us know about it and we will tell you. So who, who's the first one from? This comes from Alex. I've been plagued by an issue of social etiquette for many years I'm hoping you can help with. There is a toilet theme to the question, which I'm sure Jeff will appreciate, but it is nothing revolting, I promise. I'm colourblind and this causes a real issue in knowing whether a public toilet is occupied or not. Many toilets, including those on trains, which you sometimes have to enter when others waiting at the end of the carriage are watching you, indicate whether they're occupied by showing a red, occupied, or green, vacant strip of colour. For most colourblind people, red and green appear exactly the same. So if the toilet is occupied, i.e. showing a red marker, we do not know. If you try and open an occupied toilet when other people are around, you look at best stupid or worse, like some kind of pervert. <laughs> What's more, you always get a filthy look from whoever was in the toilet when they come out. I never feel like shouting, oops, it's because I'm colourblind, because the embarrassment is too strong and we all want to keep human interaction to a minimum. I have gambled before and got it wrong, meaning I waited outside an empty toilet only for a queue of bewildered people to form behind me as I wait for a non-existent occupant to emerge. What should I do? Knock on toilet doors and explain my predicament? Explain to strangers if they're around if I could use their help? Or just accept I will only ever be able to use the toilet at home or in a place kind enough to have toilets which say the words vacant or occupied? Desperately yours, Alex. P.S. If you could leave any cubicle doors ajar when you finish with them in future, that would be a great help. Right, one word for you. Go on. Stethoscope. Stethoscope? Wear a stethoscope, hold it up against the toilet door, you will hear if there's somebody in there or not. Oh, that's better than my suggestion of putting a mirror under. 
<laughs> do, do you think not think that would look a bit weirder? Yeah, maybe so. Uh, yeah. Okay. His, his, uh, so I, I have spent a lot of time outside empty toilet cubicles when I haven't pushed hard enough. Oh, God, that's the worst. <laughs> yeah. yeah, me too. Yeah. I think the thing you need to do is on a train, it's not that difficult. So if you sit in a seat that's facing down towards the toilet, mm. you wait to watch somebody go in there uh, and then you want to be the next person after that person comes out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, you could apply that to other lavatories, but, I mean, you could be gone for a long time. Oh, it's so difficult. I never even thought about this. Why, yeah, why are they yeah, green and red? It's yeah, terrible It is idea. awful. I mean, really, there should be a campaign, but... I feel like it would be appropriation if somebody who isn't colorblind jumped on and started mm, a campaign. So mm. you need to do this yourself. But yeah. I, I, th I think your strategy needs to be watching for other people to go to the toilet, then following them and waiting for them to come out. Could you wear some kind of armband? <laughs> Distinguishes you as someone who has problems with this. <laughs> I don't know, just trying to like make people aware that without you having to say anything, because you say you don't interact. No, you're right. I mean, it, this deserves a campaign of some sort. Mm -hmm. But, you know, as non-colourblind people, we're not the people to, to launch this campaign. However, we would support and endorse it we would be there for you as allies okay so the answer is changing the system no more green and red but we can't do it for you yeah okay. and, and my following solution which i think was a good one that hasn't got the credit it deserves from you i don't think the stethoscope one no the oh. one where you sort of watch for other people <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah no that was yeah no that was very good oh yeah very yeah. good okay let's move on to sue's she says i'm hoping that you can give me some advice about a recent dilemma that i had on holiday we went on a two-city break in the first city, we stayed at a hotel with a full-sized indoor pool and a decent-sized outdoor pool. The pools were hardly used by other guests, which, as an introverted and pretty unsociable person, suited me down to the ground. I got into the habit of swimming 10 lengths, coming out and relaxing with a book or some podcasts and then repeating this a few times. However, the hotel in the second city only had a small rooftop pool. I tried swimming lengths, but found that one end was so shallow I just stubbed my toe. I needed to swim wits instead, but the pool was so small that after I'd pushed off from the side and swum a few strokes, I found myself gliding towards the other side. It wasn't worth counting wits, so I decided to swim for a set amount of time before coming out for a rest. This is where my dilemma occurred. On the day in question, I'd gone up to the pool, was pleased to find the area deserted, put my things on a sun lounger and then got into the pool. I decided to swim until four o'clock. I plodded back and forth across the pool, occasionally looking at the clock on the wall. At five to four, I was feeling pleased with myself and looking forward to chilling out with my book. But then, with only a few minutes to go, one of the other guests arrived. He put his towel on a sun lounger and then got into the pool. What was I to do? If I got out of the pool when I planned, it would have meant getting out almost straight after the other guests had got in. It was only a small pool, so I could hardly pretend that I hadn't noticed him. Would he feel that I was deliberately getting out because I didn't want to share a pool with him? Would he be upset or offended? How long did I need to keep swimming so that when I did get out, it would seem totally unrelated to his arrival? To make matters worse, I'm a middle-aged white woman and he was a young Asian man. So I worried that my hasty exit from the pool could be misinterpreted as having racist undertones. I hope that you can give me some advice in case I'm ever in this situation again. Um, OK, well, to, to answer your question, three minutes. Three minutes. That's the basic answer of how long you need to stay in the pool uh, for. OK, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, 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 there's an issue here um, which 
is a pool that size, I think, is a splashing around pool, not an exercise pool. Mm-mm-mm. So, Oh, it's a slight criticism. <laughs> no, no, I think it's fine if you're on your own. Yeah, it can be whatever you want it to yeah, be, yeah, whatever yeah, you yeah. want it to be. But it, it sounds to me that... that the, the, I'd, I'd be able to tell you from looking at a pool whether it was <laughs> sort of splashing around <laughs> right. or whether it was meant for doing widths or lengths or whatever but uh i suspect it falls into the former category and i I mean i don't know what to advise you about the um perceived racist undertones i'm imagining they wouldn't be perceived at all but as Hmm. somebody who just is constantly finding reasons to worry that is a very familiar reason to worry for me and she shouldn't, for example, go, excuse me, I'm not being racist, I'm just getting out of the pool. <laughs> that that would not be appropriate, for example. Oh, I'll tell you what I would have done, actually. Oh, this is excruciating. I would have made some small talk before getting out of the pool. Oh, no. Just to show I was one of the good ones. Like, oh, you definitely would have done. <laughs> and what sort of things would you have said? Like, small pool, isn't it? Like, something like that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll get on that you've a turn now. Yeah, like, something, no. like, something like that. Yeah, yeah, some awful excruciating That's not the answer. No. I would just get out and not think about it. I mean, I I personally wouldn't, but that's my advice to you. Uh, if you have a situation like this, which you've been agonising over, please email us, hello at adriftpodcast.com. And that was our podcast. Thank you so much for downloading. And if you enjoy spending time with us every week, show your appreciation by supporting us on Patreon, patreon.com stroke adrift. Thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music during the incident. And advice this week came from the marvellous Phil Wang. Phil is one of my favourite stand-ups. And if you haven't had a chance to go and see him live, then you should. But uh, if that's not going to happen anytime soon for you, then you will be able to see him as part of the comedy lineup uh, doing stand up on Netflix, which is coming out on the 3rd of July. Vince Lynch and Simon Wilcox are our announcers and made our eye dents. Patrick Gunning and Iwana Babu provided technical support. Kim Rainey made our artwork, and Carla Gowlett took the photos. Share your story with us. Hello at adriftpodcast.com. We would love to hear from you. Which leaves just one last thing to say, and it is, of course, Yar! Adrift. Adrift. Okay, this comes from Anne Schedwell. That's a good name, is it? Mm. Schedwell. I really enjoy saying that. Who says, hello, Jeff and Annabelle. Hello. Hello. Thank you very much for my title. I've applied to change my bank details and passport to High Steward Anne, as you suggested. I found a page on Wikipedia which listed all the High Stewards since 1974, but I was disappointed not to be listed on it. What? I thought I'd try and edit the page, as I've done this before, and I found that I could have added myself, but then I was too scared of, uh, of what might happen if I did. I used to listen to Pete and Jeff right up from when they were on the evenings 
on Virgin Radio, but I stopped listening when they split up and started to listen to another radio station. I seem to remember I joined the Pete and Jeff Yahoo group to follow them. Oh, Yahoo. Oh, yeah, that was Marty, wasn't it? Marty Edelstein who used to run Ooh. that thing. Um uh, yeah, I've never listened to any podcast before until my friend told me from about your other podcast reasons to be cheerful. This led me to Adrift, and I've now subscribed to Hometown Glory, which is the radio show I do for Uni and Jet Radio, where oh, I interview yeah. people about their hometowns. Um, so all my time on the bus to and from work is accompanied by Jeff. I decided to contribute using Patreon after a day when I was a bit miserable on the way back from work, but you made me laugh out loud on the bus and cheered me up. Thank you. Thank you That's great. for your money and for your ears. Mm. Um, I'm not really sure what a podication is, as I didn't listen to your radio show, but I think it's a way of saying hello to people. So can you please do a podication for my husband, Paul? He doesn't listen to any podcasts <laughs> at all, but if I show him how to listen to yours, you might get another listener. Mm. You'll definitely have to listen to at least one episode if you read this out. No, mm. it's not much, but it's a start. I would just fast forward through to this bit if I were you, Just, Anne. Just give him his name and literally just the name. Yeah. Paul, yeah. and then that's yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry I haven't any good stories for you as I seem to have an ability to blank out all the awful things I've said and done if I started to try and recall and document them it could lead me to a bad place <laughs> keep up the work love hi steward Anne well Anne thank you uh, thank you for finding us it's, it's very interesting to me the way some people find this podcast yeah isn't it you know you and I were on the radio for longer than Pete and I were mm. Um, especially on Virgin Radio, which became absolute. But that whole chapter was missing for Anne, and here Mm. we are, reunited in midlife, on my part. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know how old Anne is. No. Um, Anne, thank you. Really appreciate your support on Patreon. Paul, it's, there are now three of us in this marriage, it would seem. It really does seem that way. Four, if you include Annabelle. Yeah, well, I think... Five, maybe. if you include Ed Miliband. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then we could add in the guests from Hometown Glory and, Oof. you know... Busy marriage all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm, she's like a cult leader. <laughs> or the um, Marquis of Bath. <laughs> yeah. Um... And thank you very much, Paul. This is podicated to you. If you would like a podication, email hello at adriftpodcast.com. 